0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas, powered by U Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9. This is the Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. There is a lot to be said for Malaysia's meetings, incentives, conferences and exhibitions or MICE sector and how it has been recovering at a quicker pace compared to the tourism industry since the pandemic years. So far, data have shown that we are set to see the tourism industry as a whole recover to 2019 levels by this year. At least that's what the International Air Transport Association's figures seem to indicate. To get a sense of where this recovery might be heading, this morning we are talking to John Berg, the General Manager of the Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre in the heart of the city. Welcome to VFM, John. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for having me here. John, let's start with the fact that you moved up from the Deputy GM to the GM's post nearly a year ago. Talk to me about what it's been like managing a 34,000 square metre
1: convention centre that had to be kept virtually empty for at least two years. Challenging, I think is the one word, but it's been a fantastic opportunity. If we look back to before I took over as general manager, it's a very successful venue. And my predecessor and his predecessor set up a fantastic centre in the heart of KLCC that's established itself as a, a worldwide reputation going forward so I've taken over a very good project I'm very happy to be here leading the, the Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre now but it was built on a strong base uh, and hopefully we're going to take that forward to even stronger strengths so while all that was going
0: on when it was empty how did you guys decide on who to keep on the payroll and who not to or was that decision not necessary it, we felt it wasn't necessary we actually kept everybody
1: All right, all right. Awesome. Uh, which is a bit unusual so in terms of our permanent employees we kept every single one those, those are the ones to say. For those on contracts, we let some of the contracts run out mm-hmm. uh, because there was no work to keep them. But we've already started to re engage a lot of those people and bring some of those back on.
0: What about the maintenance contracts? Did they need to be renegotiated? I mean, the HVAC maintenance, for example, janitorial as well, did they need to be renegotiated during that time? And have they come back to normal?
1: We did have, everybody had pressures on costs. So, Obviously. we did seek support from some of our suppliers. However, we also maintained and kept the building clean throughout the period of lockdown and closure. The servicing of the building is very important to us to maintain the quality standards there. So, we, we continued to do our normal maintenance program, we continued to do our normal cleaning program. But we had some support of our suppliers to do that. But we are fully back to normal, and we started back to normal in April 2022. Did you guys end up having to pivot to virtual events, and how did that look at that time? We did pivot to virtual events, and and for me personally, it's a very tough decision. I I love live events. I love the people coming (laughs) into the building. (laughs) Um, But... Needs must. So we did go to virtual, and when the restrictions allowed, we also did hybrid. We are still able to do both hybrid and virtual now, mm-hmm. although we, we are seeing a strong surge in face-to-face. But it, it's delivering offerings and products that the clients need. And at the time, they needed virtual. So we set up two green screen studios. We did full virtual service with clients around the world and they were very successful. Do you see that revenue stream picking up uh, anytime soon? Um, I don't think it's gonna pick up, but we do have ongoing requirements for more the hybrid. We very rarely get a full virtual request now from clients. The technologists that used to predict that we would go virtual for all events, it's not happening. We had an opportunity with two years of lockdown. Mm. It didn't stay. Hybrid disappeared almost instantly that we were allowed to return to -to face-to-face. We are still doing some hybrid, though, but it is very much face-to-face. And that's seen through when we returned to face-to-face back in 2022. We did over 1,300 events in nine months of operation in twenty-two. It was a fantastic year.
0: I, I want to get, get into okay. that a little bit later, but I do remember one thing about the convention center being famous for being used as a mass vaccination center, which was the obvious choice at that time for COVID-19 jabs. What was the arrangement like with the government at that time? How did that cover the costs or was it just national service for you guys?
1: A bit of both. The government did cover some of the costs, but it is also a service to the nation to provide that cover. So the the, the rates were slightly different uh, that we offer that. But it was a fantastic opportunity through that period for also our team to be involved. And deliver such a, a great offering and support the nation on coming out of the COVID. So now we are in 2024 and hopefully we can say bye-bye to that. The
0: Convention Centre has hosted more than 1,700 events for 2023. That's the highest number since 2014. So big round of congratulations there. Our revenue was about 656 million ringgit. That's a double from 2022. How much of that was more because of a low base? And is that something sustainable that you can keep going um, on? If
1: So I can just correct on the the revenue that the figure you mentioned there is the economic impact valuation we place on the the value of the the events, what it brings to the economy, what new money it brings into Malaysia. I can't diverge the actual revenue we made because of the structure and ownership, but we have come back strongly, as you mentioned, over 1700 events in 23, which built on the 1,322. It, it's come back stronger than we expected. We had a record year. 23 was better than pre-COVID. It's a record year on a number of levels, both in terms of what our revenue was, the number of events, the number of delegates coming through the building. Uh, and we had some fantastic events through that year. So we are at the start of 2024. What are expectations
0: for the rest of the year? What sort of targets have you set for yourself?
1: To achieve more. How much more? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, a how long is a piece of string, really? It, um, we are very, very optimistic. Mm-hmm. What we've seen in 22 and 23 will continue from 24, 25 on, onwards. We are already seeing strong bookings. So we came into 2024 having already secured over 65% of our business for this year. We are now focusing more on securing business for 25, 26. And we have bookings that are in play at the moment up until 2031 already. So when people talk about, and I hear this sometimes, about CalCC is always busy, we can't get dates, it's because the quality of what we offer is causing people to pre-book quite some time in advance. For local corporates, it's about six months in advance, three to six months. But we're dealing with regional and international clients as well. And their booking cycle is sometimes from two years to six years, sometimes longer. So, we do get booked up way in advance, uh, and we can help use that to predict our future business. And 24, 25, 26, looking fantastic years. What are you most cautious about for 2024? Cautious about? Yeah, the
0: sort of headwinds that you might expect, challenges that you might expect for this year.
1: Uh, I don't know about concerned about, but the, the whole ESG and sustainability part, mm-hmm. we are seeing demand from that from our clients. Uh, and it's how quickly we can turn that around with the supply chain here in Malaysia. You know, trying to get recycling in place for the different materials, that, that can be challenging sometimes. Trying to buy the right materials, sustainable and uh, sourced items, that's also challenging going forward. Then the other challenge we have for this year and onwards is more around the government support. My Seb, as the local business events uh, bureau. Right do a fantastic job. They are promoting the whole of Malaysia, but they are promoting the whole of Malaysia. If we look at other countries and first-tier cities, London, Paris, Sydney, New York, they have bureaus specifically focused on those cities Mm -hmm. as well as national and state support. So I think we need to look at how we promote Kuala Lumpur more, how we draw people in and compete on that level for international business to bring the right events to Malaysia that's going to add a contribution to the economy here or deliver trade and investment or knowledge exchange, if it's, for example, a medical conference. Mm-hmm. How do we compete with those first-tier cities?
0: Oh, there's so much to talk about uh, when it comes to a competition. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys segment your income into conventions, exhibitions and corporate events. Corporate events, I think, tend to bear the bulk of it. Which of these are tend to be more profitable to you guys and and you know, the kind of strategy that you are employing going forward
1: to target those events? Exhibitions are more profitable. Right. uh, And they formed about 28% of our business last year. Conventions are the next profitable one. And they were around 25% of our business last year. The balance is corporate events um, and meetings. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do is Grow particularly the exhibitions and conventions, and that's that's not necessarily from a, a profit perspective, although it, it does help. It, it's about national impact and national economy as well. If we can grow international and regional exhibitions and conventions, that's bringing more international uh, visitors. It's bringing more trade opportunity into the country, uh, and, and that's what we call our economic impact. How do we bring new money? into the country. Yes, there's Malaysians that organize events, there's Malaysians that attend events, but the spend of international visitors and the opportunity of international events is greater in terms of assisting the economy here. And also the reality that costs, they keep going up. How do you manage it? Your margins must be quite
0: compressed at this point, right? With the competition as well.
1: Yeah, coming out of COVID, we saw utility prices going up we saw food prices going up, Uh, we saw labor costs going up. So it's very challenging. Now, we've had to absorb some of those costs ourselves, which impacts on our margins. But we felt that was the right thing to do, rather than pass on all of those cost increases to our organizers, to our event organizers. Because we feel if we pass it all on, so soon after restarting, not all events are going to succeed. Sometimes the, the margins on events are very slim. So we recognize that we want to help grow the the, the supply chain, the the, the the business events industry to try and encourage that, nurture new shows. So to do that, we have to take on some of that responsibility and share some of that pain of those increasing costs. But it is a, a big challenge going forward on, on how we do that. And you guys are back to profitability after COVID? Uh, The Convention Centre has been profitable since we opened in 2005. Mm. We haven't had a bad year apart from the COVID period. On the Breakfast Grill this morning is John Burke, the General Manager of the
0: Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre. On the other side of the break, we look at how the competition amongst MICE players is shaping up for a recovery that everyone is counting on happening this year. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. This morning we are talking to John Burke, the General Manager of the Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre. John, I mentioned in the introduction at the start that it does appear that the MICE segment seems to be leading in Malaysia's tourism industry's recovery. And I think the government has been quite proactive with MICE that you mentioned earlier. That's the Malaysia Convention and Exhibition Bureau I was just curious, what's the working arrangement like between the KL Convention Centre and MySEP is what they do exclusively with the Convention Centre because I find that they feature quite prominently on your on your website.
1: There's no exclusive arrangement. MySEP are there to support the whole of the business events industry for Malaysia. But we do have a very good relationship with them, as do many other venues as well. They are very supportive on... Uh, looking at opportunities to bring other events into the country. They look at how, from a national position, they can support those organisers bringing events to Malaysia. And then myself would partner on a particular event with a different venue. Now, whether that's us or whether it's a venue in Sarawak or Sabah or elsewhere in Kuala Lumpur, that's just something that they do. That's their role to promote business events and the business events industry across the country.
0: And what do these promotional activities look like with you guys or even with MySeb in bringing businesses in from from overseas? What's the selling
1: point? What's the feedback been like? Typically, what I would do with MySeb is we do trade shows and road shows. The majority of the organizers for international events are not based in Malaysia. So we will travel to Europe, the mm. US, Australia, China, and so on. And MySEP would host an exhibition booth. So we, even though we're in the business events industry, we also attend events ourselves. So they would host an event and ourselves and other venues and destination companies and travel companies would join MySEP as a group to promote Malaysia. So the first step for us is promote Malaysia, encourage people to come to Malaysia, bring their event, bring their hundreds or thousands of delegates to Malaysia. Then we get down into promoting Kuala Lumpur Mm -hmm. and then... Once we've got that buy-in, then I try and promote my centre over another centre. So we, we work together closely with other venues, hotels, leisure companies, to try and bring people to Malaysia first. That's the, the, the first focus. And, and that's something that MySeb is very strong on, in supporting with their marketing activities to do that. How do we stack up against
0: competition regionally? I mean, Singapore is, is it's the obvious one, but I suppose given the currency difference, we do win out at some point, right? But how do we compare
1: with them? I think your point is exactly there on the currency. There are some markets where they are quite expensive to host events, mm-hmm. but they have extremely good marketing. Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur, we have fantastic products, both in the Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre and other venues and hotels, but it's trying to explain to people the value they get. So they get a quality service, value for money price. So, the currency difference makes a huge decision-making point for clients to come to Malaysia. But we have to try and get that message through through the barrage of all these strong messages coming from neighbouring countries, particularly, as you said, Singapore and Thailand with Bangkok. I do remember you used to stage musicals like Chicago
0: and Greece concerts like Mariah Carey's and and, and John Legend as well. With the pushback that we have been seeing from, you know, certain conservative segments in our society, would you say that these um, staging events like these are more challenging today? Or can we expect something to come to KL Convention Um, Centre?
1: We are still doing those events. But it is getting more challenging. The decision-making process around whether to issue a permit to an artist to come in is more delayed. And that places a risk on the event organiser and the venue because we're holding space. The organiser is laying out costs. And the licence may only come through a couple of days before. But we are still doing them. We did uh, Yuruma last Saturday uh, with a South Korean pianist and composer. We did a comedy night with an international artist the week before. So they're still happening, but it's getting more challenging. I should say we did last year in 23, we did 29 live events, which was the most we've ever done in any year at the convention centre. But what's holding us back from staging musicals like, say,
0: Hamilton or, or even Wicked, for that matter, in Malaysia at the centre?
1: I think it's a perception that it is difficult to do live events in Malaysia is deterring international promoters from bringing those kind of events here as a stop-off. So they were doing other primary locations as a preference because it's easier to do business.
0: What are your thoughts on the fact that competition in the country, in this space, is also really intense? And how are you equipped to face it? I mean, MyTech, the Malaysia International Trade and Exhibition Centre, is one massive competition for you guys, right? How yeah. do you step up your game?
1: Uh, we're always stepping up our game, whether yeah. it's through refurbishments, developments, new technology, new product offerings. But we we do work through our local association industry associations as well. we work closely with all the other venues. venues such as mytech and the venues in Penang and Sarawak and other places they all have good products. Mm. you know I'm not going to say they are bad. It, they're all good the same as Quantum Convention Center is good. There is enough business for all the venues, right. Uh, and it's a bit of a co Is that a word? Yeah, a real yeah, word? So I suppose, we're, yeah. We're working together, as I said earlier, to promote Malaysia first, then i help promote Kuala Lumpur and then the venue. The more we, events we can collectively bring to Malaysia, the more we all win. We we support the supply chain that delivers services to all of us. The more events helps that supply chain. So we all win. So my idea is that we, we collectively promote Malaysia, we bring more events in, there's a, enough business for all of us to get a share of that. And uh, and as you know or may know, the convention center is always full. You yeah. know, I came into this year with 65% of my business already booked. So there's no shortage of business to book. It's making sure we're taking the right business. And the right business for me may be different for somebody else. You know, I was just wondering like events like massive events like the
0: Mata Fair, for example, yeah. it's, it's held at MyTech, which tends to be, let's say parking is really, really challenging there. Whereas at the KL Convention Center, it's a breeze with public transport. Is it just a matter of the size of the events that you uh, aren't able to
1: cope with? Or what, what is the holdback for you guys? It's not a holdback. We, we are limited in space. Mm. We've got 33,000 square meters of event space there are always going to be some events that are just too big for us. That's just the way it is. I'm okay with that. So my target is events that do fit into the building. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are ideally located in the centre of KLCC. We do have the transport links. We do have parking availability. But we also benefit from being in a precinct that's also got hotels attached, it's got the leisure destination as well. So you can come, you can work, you can stay, you can play, you can dine, we've, we've got everything in that Kelsey C. print scenes. Next year
0: is KL Convention Center's 20th anniversary. And like you said, I mean, you guys are very limited by the space that you can expand. So in light of all that competition, what are you planning to do to meet all this competition head on?
1: Uh, We're we're looking at the kind of events we bring, you know, which are the the right events. Uh, We we can't say yes to all the businesses. Mm -hmm. We just get too many inquiries. so it's looking at the selection of events to make sure that they're the right fit for ourselves and for the precinct and also the economy if it's international events coming in. But we're also looking at how we, we grow other services in the centre. As you say, I've got a yeah. restraint on the amount of physical space I have. So I, look, I have to look at where else I can grow revenues and opportunities. Is that additional services for the the clients, whether it's food and beverage, uh, technical or audiovisual production, uh, what else can I do in the building? But I'm also looking at outside the building. I've got an extension that opened in 2019, uh, which is delivering much more than expected. We're about to launch a, a rooftop garden area, which can take about three to five hundred people, uh, overlooking the park and the twin towers. And we're also growing our outside catering business. So not many people know this, but we do do outside catering. Uh, I've done work at the MotoGP recently, Mm -hmm. the Badminton Open. We do select clients where we'll go to their... Showrooms for product launches, or their office for business meetings and board meetings, and so on. So that's a big area for us, growing. You brought up
0: the ESG initiative, and that's something that everyone is is getting on board. What what are the most immediate
1: plans? The centres looking forward to implementing. Um, we're just going through some of the the checks on. They call it a materiality check to, to check. Uh, what are your main priorities? What what's going to deliver the biggest impact? on going carbon neutral or or carbon uh, net zero. As part of that, we've switched over to the green tariff with TNB, which unfortunately costs a little bit more, but we think it's worthwhile and it's something our customers are asking for. So we've switched over onto the utility side. We are pushing for the final one or two bits on the the plastic free. Mm -hmm. We have extended all our recycling facilities On site and are working with our main organizers on how we manage their waste so they'll take some away but we process some of it for them so how do we do that better and we're pushing forward on our food waste as well we have one of the the largest if not the largest production kitchen on site so all the food and beverages in-house but that generates a lot of food waste so we're looking at how we improve the food waste management as well at the moment we have a composter on site, so we process that in house. But we're looking at whether that's the most efficient method, or we move on to an alternative method. Do you have a net zero target that you are aiming towards? We we do, um, and the idea is that as part of a mandate we've signed up for for net zero carbon events, we will reduce our current GHG uh, emissions by around fifty percent by twenty thirty. And then by 2050, in line with national plan as well, mm. uh, net zero. John, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your thoughts
0: and all the best to you. Thank you very much. On The Breakfast Grill this morning was John Burke, the General Manager of the Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre. I'm Keith Calm for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by Mobile,
1: Malaysia's number one 5G network.
0: You have been listening to a podcast